0: This podcast is made possible by Workday and U.S. Bank.
1: Hi, this is Mike Foley. I'm the CFO of Unity Technologies, and you are listening to the CFO Thought Leader Podcast.
0: This is episode 327. We
1: plan to to double our number of restaurants within the next five years so we have we have 10 restaurants in denmark we have uh, six units in uh, london and just recently opened one in berlin Uh, so we have 17 units right now and for us doubling that also means that we have to doubling the number of people that we have so we will be around plus 2,200 people over the next five years uh, we will have uh, interviews around Twelve thousand to fourteen thousand interviews in order to make sure that we get the new people on board. If you have a rate like four to one, for interviews, you have one, one uh, hired. So, so yes, I have to accept as a CFO that we spend a lot of money on this one. So, people is our, our key, key, key resource. That's for sure.
0: From Middle Market Media, this is CFO Thought Leader, where we speak to finance leaders about driving change within their organizations. I'm Jack Sweeney. On today's show, we speak with Soren Wolf, CFO of Sticks and Sushi, a fast-growing restaurant group setting Europe's affordable luxury dining space abuzz as it continues to grow its geographic footprint. Very often, we speak of the talent crunch and measuring customer success when we're interviewing a technology sector CFO. Well, another sector where both these challenges are today top of mind with finance leaders is, of course, the restaurant business. Soren reveals his own finance leader priorities after these words from our sponsor. To learn more about how a finance system from Workday supports mid-size organizations from the ground up, visit us at Workday.com. Workday. Built for the future. CFO of Sticks and Sushi, a fast-growing, affordable, luxury restaurant group that's been expanding across Europe. Soren has had several tours of duty as a CFO, and among his earlier career chapters was a stint as director of finance, planning, and reporting for eBay. Soren, welcome. Thank you. Now, tell us about your arrival at Sticks and and Sushi and what... uh, uh, how did you become aware of the opportunity
1: yeah that's an interesting question because because i was actually in, in another company that uh was a little bit the same as, as sticks and sushi it was a growth company it has a fantastic product uh it was a niche uh, it has all the the potential that i was looking for um, but then uh one of my Network actually said, "Hey, you have to meet this guy. He uh, he's a really cool guy. uh, Take a cup of coffee with him uh, Sunday morning, and that one-hour meeting turned out to be a four-hour meeting where we were sitting and chatting, and uh, we uh, continued that talk the the following Sunday, uh, which actually then led into he uh, offering me a CFO role. And when you really found that the the founder and who is the CEO as well, uh, and I have a really good chemistry. We are aligned on, on a lot of topics, especially on, on values, um, which Dick Sushi is, is highly known for. Then I, I couldn't say no to that opportunity, despite that I actually was sitting in a, a quite good role. Um,
0: so what exactly was the role you envisioned for yourself here, and what was the, uh, the timing of your arrival in terms of uh, the company's maturity or growth?
1: I knew that my role moving into Sticks and Sushi would be supporting Sticks and Sushi being much more professional player uh, as the founders were still and after active as well as a PE fund have moved in a couple of years ago and the growth i uh, has been in a growth path, a significant growth path for its size. Uh, the last two years before I, I came in there was a need for, for much more professional structure. So I know that I knew that was my my agenda for, for the first couple of, of years in the company.
0: So, what's changed? Can you can you give us an example of how uh, finance has changed? Uh, how things are getting done?
1: Uh, yeah, uh, project management, for example, uh, leading projects, being able to to put structure, much more structure into uh, opening new restaurants instead of typical entrepreneur. Um, set up where everybody's just involved and everybody kind of know what they are doing. Kind of can be not the most effective way, but it's always been done. Uh, but when you have to open a couple of more restaurants in the same period of time, then there's maybe not so much space, time and, and space to to do whatever you do and want to do. So it, it, it needed a little bit more structure. So so we put in a, a much more Structured way to to prepare and open our new restaurants, so that was that was one change.
0: So now I get to ask you, what are those uh, key metrics that you pay close attention to daily, and perhaps look at before your uh, your first cup of coffee in the morning? What would those be? Yeah,
1: so, so finance in, in sticks and Sushi has a, an interesting role in terms of of. Um, being matrix and, and uh, being that business partner that that finance need to be to 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 bring value to the table. So so associate operates after after a very simple business model. Um, first of all, we do not have any customers. We have actually guests, so uh, we we tend to strive to be the perfect host. So we provide our guests with, with high uh, quality food, organic and, and welfare. Uh, uh, arrived and we have a high quality service uh, very personal um, very present. we spend a lot of money in training our people and then we have um, our well designed uh, restaurants that is uh, uh, very much fitted into the neighborhood where they are Um, so that is kind of the the three pillars that uh, the Stikta Sushi's business model is based on so by executing that serving the high quality food that we are known for. We are a very personal and presence service of high quality and very nice looking restaurants. If we execute that, we will always end up uh, with happy and satisfied guests who we like to return. So uh, that is kind of the business model. And uh, for finance, it's all about finding the balance between pushing and putting pressure on operational excellence and not adding too much pressure in order to uh, to jeopardise the business model and uh, um, harming the guest experience. So by by cutting labour costs, for example, labour cost is of course one of our biggest cost groups, and adding pressure to 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 uh, cut labour cost, it will certainly harm our service or even. Um, the waiting time for the food, or maybe not um, putting so much quality into the food that uh, in preparing it that we would like to. So there's a there's a limit. There's a, a fine balance that we have to find. Um, so that that is one of the things that that we have worked a lot on. That is that our restaurants managers has to be able to to plan the labor shift tables with so much knowledge and so much. Um, expectation to, to where they think and how many guests the thing they're going to have uh, during the night or lunch. And uh, they had to plan after that carefully. Uh, so we're following up on that. And uh, we had some really good uh, um, matrix that we, we follow with them uh, in terms of, of uh, later planning. So that's one. The, the overall writing KPI that we use is, uh, of course, uh, average spend per guest. Um, and then of course, we can we can bring that down into food or beverage, or was it inside, outside, in the terrace, or in different parts of the restaurant. But, but mainly in overriding riding uh, KPIs, it's such a simple KPI as average spending per guest. Um, so that, that's... That's kind of the the KPIs, the metrics that we work with.
0: So you explained um, that the the firm has recently opened what is a, a new chapter or growth. But can you uh, share where the you know the locations that are opening are? And I, I know certain locations are, are even decades old. So it's a, it's a it's not as as if this company began yesterday.
1: Yeah. So. so- Twenty-three years ago, the first restaurant in Denmark, uh, in Copenhagen, uh, arrived. And since then, we have now ten restaurants in Copenhagen. We have six restaurants in um, in London. And just recently, uh, for a couple of months ago, opened the first one in Berlin, uh, where we kind of, with that one, opened the, the new market. For us, it was very interesting to see if our concept uh, could be proved in, in three different... Countries or cultures, uh, and it seems to be um, proven concept in in that terms. Uh, in the in the fall, we are going to open uh, a couple of more restaurants in London and an additional one in in in, uh, in Copenhagen. And uh, then we we start uh, now where we know we have a in, uh, foothold in foothold uh, in Berlin. We're going to look at, at uh, new places uh, in northern Germany to expand further there.
0: Has it? have you been surprised perhaps by how the metrics might vary by uh, geography? Uh, for instance, uh, the customer spend in London varied from where you had originally uh, been operating. Um, because,
1: yeah, because that one of the, the issues is, as I said, that we were we are 22 years old in, in, in Denmark. We are four or five years old in London and, and just recently opened in Berlin. Uh, of course, we are very much known, we are a very solid brand uh, in Copenhagen, we are the new young hipster in London, and we are kind of n- not known at all, uh, unless uh, someone from Denmark comes by in Berlin, so so we have three different branding uh, uh, situations in, in the countries, and um, in Denmark we are much more a family uh, concept, uh, where where people bring their kids, and, and, and it's a family restaurant, so to say, but are in the higher end. In London, it's, it's much more a grown-up a, um, a restaurant, uh, which is definitely much more a, 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 a dinner uh, restaurant, where in Berlin, we are much more a hipster, where it's a, it's, it's a, mid, a mid, mid-youngster, hipster, uh, people coming in so so there's also diff- different types of people and and they spend differently and uh, you see that on our product mix or sales mix you see that on, on the average spending you see that on uh, how many cocktails so so there's uh, there's a huge variance in 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 how our guests are actually spending and uh, behaving in uh, the different three different countries and we have to brand ourselves according to that
0: and the, i I imagine the restaurant's very rigid in terms of how it executes in each market. There needs to be a you know a traditional approach that uh, the the locations abide by
1: yeah so we have a so the only thing that actually um are, are different from from restaurant to restaurant is the design of the restaurant so 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 the, we spend a lot of money in, in in training our people and bringing them the the DNA of the company. Uh, we have a lot of of of, uh, of what we call the DNA carriers uh, operating in our new restaurants uh, for a longer or shorter period in order to to transfer that DNA to our our new staff members and make sure that they they kind of being uh, able to 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 deliver that DNA to our guests. Um, that is very important to us so so basically we are spending more money on that than any of our colleagues in uh, in the uh, restaurant scene at the moment but than the and, uh, the ones that we compare us to
0: let me ask had you been uh and I was looking over the other businesses you were involved in, and I'm wondering if uh had you ever been involved in the restaurant space before
1: well so that was also of course a thing I had to get adjusted to to uh it, it, I lot to have a lot, to do, have a lot uh, done with retail uh, and setting that up so I, I knew of course the whole staff situation, staff planning, uh, getting the right locations, uh, building uh, retail stores and, so and so on so I knew the, the dynamics and the mechanics in, in that but but the, the, the more, I say the, the thing that surprised me was, of course, that it, it's, it's uh, much more about feelings and, and sensitive, uh, creative shifts and stuff that, that uh, you don't find in, uh, for example, the uh, fashion retailer.
0: And what about hiring? I, and you've you put a special emphasis on training. Clearly, um, it's a challenge in, in most markets, but in the restaurant business and hospitality can be very tricky. What would you uh, tell us about uh, the challenge you face in staffing, and hiring, and training? That,
1: that is probably our biggest challenge, and it's also the board's biggest worry that we are not able to to, to deliver uh, that number of restaurants that we are planning for the next five years. So we plan to to double our number of restaurants in the next five years, and for us, doubling that also means that we have to doubling the number of people that we have. So we will we will round plus 22,000 people uh, 2200 people uh, meaning that we had to carry through a lot of interviews um, but we also know that that uh, that Blasex has a, a saying in, in people uh, we know that the other restaurants uh, and hospitality sector is uh, is uh, growing and have some good time so, so so we know the challenge and the demand for these people um are very big, and we want, of course, as anyone else wants the best people uh, in the business to work for us. So, so we do a lot of, of, of preparing ourselves uh, for a our battle out there for the right people um, by employer branding, seamless uh, 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 recruitment, um, networking, and of course do a lot to, to uh, hold on our people that we already have in our, our business.
0: Will that be the full workforce, or is that how many in addition you plan to bring on board?
1: That would be the full workforce. That means that that over the next five years, uh, we will have uh, interviews around 12,000 to 14,000 interviews in order to make sure that we get the new people on board. If you have a rate like four to one, four interviews, you have one one, uh, hired. Then we'll be around 12 to 14,000 interviews over the next uh, five years, which is a lot for us as a company in our size. Uh, so that's a huge uh, resource allocation that you, uh, a CFO has to plan for. Um, and it also means that, that monitoring your own talent, uh, growing them, training them, putting them in that experience uh Level that they are ready to to lead a new restaurant, of course, will, will save us a lot of money uh, in in these situation instead of going out and headhunting them. So so that's also so so yes, I have to accept as a CFO that we spend a lot of money on this one. So people is our our key um, key resource. That's for sure.
0: So, and I think that's the uh, the most. Uh, of what we've talked about so far, I think this area is the most interesting. I, I want to get at what's your contribution here? How can you help this company that its biggest challenge is clearly finding good people to hire in these sort of far-flung markets, very different markets? So it's it's a huge challenge for a company of this size to find those people in the markets uh, where the restaurants are being opened and train them and and you know bring in the quality candidates that you'll need to successfully grow. And then the thought is as well what is finance what can finance really do there? You mentioned that uh, you know well you have to be accepting of the fact that this is going to be costly. So finance is very aware of the costs and that this is a necessary cost. So it would be great to illuminate what the CFO role is in this. Does that make sense? What I'm, what I'm asking? Yeah, uh,
1: and and that's I mean it's it's maybe more CFO role uh, than it's actually finance. Finance is of course uh, a lot about making sure that we have the 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 metrics ready for for for. Our, HR people to, or recruitment people to, to follow, but also make sure that budgets fits and so on. But for me, it's it's a lot about uh, uh, having the right uh, tool sets in place, uh, the structures to, to uh, talent monitoring, um, making sure that 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 the career path is is available, is visible. Um, one of the things that I've done is that I've spent a lot of time talking to uh, our staff, um, especially in my finance team. I actually have two waiters who are who, uh, studying and having a, a, a job at, at, uh, in our restaurants during their study time. And um, I talk to them about what is the kind of dynamics out there and I spend some time talking to, to the restaurants uh, GM's uh, general managers about what is it actually that, that makes the difference between a, um, a waiter or a young person who stays on board for five to six years instead of, of jumping to the next job as soon as they get uh, uh, one or two years more for for, for salary. And it is the Surprising enough, it's it's about team spirit, it's about being careful, it's about having that attention, being a part of uh, a good story, which actually means more and more to the to the to the, our staff, uh, knowing that we are into welfare, that we are organic, that we environmental, we have a CSR policy, and we do all this stuff. So 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 it means a lot to to our staff that that they are part of good teams and. Um, more, much more than actually the salary part, and uh, that for my, for me, was uh, quite surprising. Actually,
0: what's a, you said? CSR policy?
1: Yeah, the the uh, environmental. Um, so we we uh, have waste uh, control, and um,
0: so we just take good care of the 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 uh, uh, environmental.
1: Uh, Issues that we, as a restaurant, of course, is is impacting a lot uh, on waste and, and and pollution.
0: Before we uh, keep you on too long, I want to make certain that we ask you for a, a finance strategic moment, and uh, perhaps we can step back uh, in your in time here to an early part of your career, uh, if you like. Um, and again, this is where we ask you to share uh, a moment of strategic insight that you experienced uh, along the way, uh, given your lines of sight into the organization as a finance executive. What would you share with us?
1: Yeah, so so when I was working in as as a finance director for for eBay in Berlin uh, for their customer support division, um, I was struggling to get the customer support division to be anything else than what do you call it that necessary not value-adding cost that that kind of sits in the eBay uh, country offices, sales offices around Europe uh, that we were uh, servicing. Uh, That means that every time I was talking to the finance people in each country, they were talking about reducing the cost and um, how much they could get for less, uh, which was getting boring uh, at times and it was always a, a negative talk that we had so of course uh, it was a relevant theme for them but for 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 the customer support division it was a little bit uh, annoying that we have to to uh, to cut costs and cut uh, staff every time that uh, we actually thought we could uh, support them in improving their sales and their market shares um, so so i was struggling a little bit how i should convince my colleagues to to invest more into customer service um, to gain better attraction with their sellers and buyers. So I realized I had to do something, so um, so I had to uh, to do something that uh, actually could prove the relationship between our customer service metrics um, and uh, the different countries' uh, marketing campaigns and uh, their visions and the impacts on their seller and buyer activities. So I was so lucky that that at that time eBay was really uh, on a high growth path and uh, was willing to invest in a lot of different uh, campaigns and stuff. So I got some funds from HQ to to build a model um, within the SAP system that we were using that could uh, uh, correlate metrics from my uh, division uh, with metrics from the local marketings in the different countries. Um, I, I'm, I'm not... I cannot recall that uh, this SAP module actually was a great success, but um, what it did, actually, and that is the point, what it did for me was that I suddenly had a uh, created an interest uh, for the, the countries uh, for a totally different agenda than we normally had. Uh, so over a period of time, the customer support division suddenly became an uh, integrated part of uh, how the country is planned and invested, so now we were suddenly on the investing agenda instead of. Uh, so how can we we make sure that we get more more sellers and and how can we add more power to them and uh, more attention to to um, make sure that we clean the sites and so on so on. So so suddenly the the agenda changed, and for me that was the learning that 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 um, sometimes you just have to make sure that you bring that transparency to what you actually can do with your with your metrics um, in order to to uh, to impact that dialogue that you have and you can actually help uh, creating value for the for the for the company and I think that's uh, that was for me a very good learning and uh, something that was interesting to follow uh, how that changes changed over time A very short time actually
0: okay A thoughtful reflection, really, looking back. Uh, But we're now going to ask you about today. And uh, as we enter our mentoring round, our first question is, what is it that's exciting you now about finance and business?
1: That we actually are in in, in in what I would call a perfect storm, where finance actually has a natural... Place at the table uh, at the C level where we actually can get, uh, and we are uh, interesting to 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 talk to uh, if we actually are able to provide that that value adding transparency that um, is so important uh, that different perspective to to the dynamics underlying dynamics.
0: What do you wish someone had told you at the very start of your CFO career?
1: How much communication actually means? Uh, one thing is that you are you know you have your numbers right and they are accurate and they are timely, but but you also have to be able to communicate, communicate them. Uh, communication is is key for a CFO in my perspective. If you have to be able to communicate everything, uh, in a very short time, um, with actually less and list numbers, but you have to tell the stories, and um, and that that uh, is sometimes difficult for for finance people who are more to the to the introvert side than they actually are to the extrovert side.
0: Is there a personal habit that you have that you believe has contributed to your success professionally?
1: Calm and balanced, I would say. In, in terms of, of, of uh, always being calm and balanced in terms of being when you're challenged. Uh, when you have, when you are, as a CFO or as a finance leader, you need to, to challenge the business. This is where you're adding a, a value. Sometimes it's that welcomed, sometimes it's not. But you know you're succeeding when it's welcomed, even though know that they don't like it, but it's welcomed. So, so I would say that this is being balanced and calm in in, in, in times when when you actually are challenging uh, the the core uh, key uh, dynamics in in the business, uh, and sometimes people take that very personally, and that is where you have to to stay calm and, and keep it on a professional level.
0: When we first got on the call, I had asked you whether you were going to recommend a book in. You said you might not have a book to share, but you do have a quote that you keep top of mind. What would that be?
1: Yeah, so, so I like I like, uh, I like like good conversations with people from, from different industries and, and different CFOs which I'm networking with, and I pick up a different, uh, from time to time, different statements or quotes, and the last one I picked up was actually from a consultant that I was talking to uh, in a no but but he said that variance is not good for anything as i recall variance balance, yes and and it's not good for your customers it's not good for your business it's not good for for anything and uh, I, I i i thought about that and it actually true and um, of course it's true but but you can really use variance is not good for anything so for me it meant that that even though that that, for example, a chef at one restaurant wants to, to treat uh, their guest better and, and make bigger sized uh, uh, sushi rolls um, way off from our specs. Um, it's, of course, meant and done in a good intention, but um, coming to the next restaurant, the same guest comes to the next restaurant where the chef is actually making the roll um, according to the spec. Then we have a very disappointed guest that thinks that this restaurant actually are cheating him for making smaller roles. So variance is not good. So we actually are losing 100 good souls, but we're also losing a a disappointed guest. So variance is just a basic example, but variance is not good for anything, both on efficiencies and uh, for guest experience and customer experience. Mm
0: your listeners, great to have you with us. We're going to be asking Surin for his finance leader priorities for the next 12 months after these words from our sponsor. Stick with us. for that third consecutive year by the Ethisphere Institute. To learn more, visit uspayment.com slash market. Okay, our final question. Surin, over the next 12 months, what will be your priorities as a finance leader?
1: Over the next 12 months, we have to, first of all, I have to get my, my toolbox for my finance department totally implemented, which, of course, always is a A little hassle in terms of you have to you have to allocate some resources to that. Um, So so that is for first that's first priority in terms of finance uh, efficiency, so to say. Uh, The second one is to getting the a new POS system in place um, for that terms that we're actually getting much more efficiency into the restaurants. And then uh, least but not all, we are launching a totally new. Digital uh, strategy in terms of uh, online ordering and uh, takeaway delivery, which is gonna it's a totally uh, uh, high expected growth uh, area for us going forward. As the tendency in the society is to 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 request very high quality takeaway food, I uh, we can deliver that by giving them a, a good.